This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Acts chapter three, Exodus chapter three, and we are dealing with Moses and his conversation with God. God has answered Moses' probably best question, and uh, he has told him his name, and uh, we went into great detail about that yesterday, about Moses' name, Moses' understanding of his name, and how God presented himself, and uh, told him to go present him to the children of Israel. I think think if you want to study that in detail, just click back to the last Bible study, and you'll see that. It says, and he said that in verse 14, he says, and God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus shall you say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. Now, Understanding his commission and understanding where he's coming from is very important. Remember, when he went up on that mountaintop, the angel of the Lord spoke to him from the burning bush. And then thereafter, Moses describes that angel of the Lord as God. He says, God said to him, God said this, God said that. And remember, Moses is the writer of this book. He's the author of this book. And so in 15, where you see, moreover, God said to Moses, God is telling, Moses is telling this story, and he understood that angel of the Lord who told him to take off his shoes, who told him that this was holy ground, he understood that the angel of the Lord was the pre-incarnate form of God, and he understood that God was saying these things. And so when God uh, told him to go, God was giving him a commission to go. And God was giving him a commission to go, not in the name of Moses, but in the name of God. And that's why he gave him a name. That's why this question is so important. Moses is operating not under his own authority and power. Moses is operating under God's authority and power. Moses is saying, uh, when he goes and speaks to the elders and the and Pharaoh, he is saying, I am coming in the name of he who is, who was, and whoever shall be. I'm coming in his name. And God told him to say that. That's how God told him to say it. Now, oftentimes, we try to come up with, the truth is we try to come up with cute ways of saying things. We try to come up with poems or come up with great stories. or And I'm I'm just as good at trying to do that as anybody else, but the problem is that when you speak under the authority of God, uh, you don't have to come up with something that is 
relevant or cute or something that touches people's heart or pulls on their heartstrings. You don't have to do any of that because if you've ever been in a place where God is moving and uh, that, that can be in a Bible study, that can be where you're on your own in the car and you're listening to a worship song and God really rest upon you in power or in a conversation with somebody at work and they're struggling or even for me like last night I was talking to my wife and she was talking about many of the girls that work for her and I could tell that she has great compassion for them they're young and and they they have really broken families in their past they have things that they struggle with and difficulties and she really uh, has a deep care and concern for them and uh, you could just feel the Spirit of God fall upon our conversation in a restaurant. And and uh, she began to weep about wanting better for them, wanting the best for them. And even in that situation, the power of God was falling down. And oftentimes, what we try to do is when we feel the power of God happen in a situation or happen in a certain way, we try to go back and make that happen again. And that's not necessary. In fact, that's not even really possible. You can't reconjure God up. Uh, God shows up, and God He shows out when He when the time is right, and when the situation is in place. And that's what I love about meeting with God. That's what I love about Bible studies. That's what I love about talking with other believers. That's what I love about the life that I live with God. Is because God. Is he's a multifaceted God. He's a God that you can't get a clear picture of because he's so enormous and great, and his actions and his ways are not our ways, and his thoughts are not our thoughts, and he does things in amazing and new and unexpected settings and situations in my life and in, in the world around me that I can just get to see. It might not even be in my own life. It might be in in the life of someone else, just like I was talking about Kathleen last night. I could just see that she had a she it just it wasn't just could see, it was just obvious. It was just the whole feeling in the room. She had a strong desire to see these young women become and even be fed into, strengthened and and see the potential of their lives and see the possibilities and begin to walk in some of that stuff. And it was powerful. It was a powerful moment. Those powerful moments happen with God all the time. It's not like that's just something that popped up all of a sudden. I hadn't seen it happen in a while. I almost broke down and cried Sunday morning, not during the sermon, not during the worship. When a child said, when I asked him, is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior before I baptized him? He said, he is. And the way he said it, I don't even know what, I don't really know what it was. I don't have a clue. I don't have an answer for that. And we just, you feel the presence of God fall. And when he falls, it makes you weep. It makes you, it, it, it changes you. It, it elevates you. It builds you up. And, and we're not here trying to conjure that up. But what we are doing is we're here trying to seek him out. And those are two different things. If I'm conjuring, I'm trying to redo something that happened before. I'm trying to work a magic spell so that I can control God. That's not how God works. But when I'm seeking him, he's going to show up and show out. He's going he's gonna to reveal himself and reveal his power and purpose in very unique ways all the time. He really is. And you never know when he's going to show up. You never know what he's going to do. You never know how he's going to move. You never know what emotions will be brought out and what what thoughts and understandings will be given. And by the way, those are the two aspects of our soul, our passions, our 
emotions, and then also our intellect and our thoughts. And remember, God speaks to and moves in and initiates and grows and propels forward both of those, both of both our thoughts and our understandings and our passions, our emotions. He does, he works in both of those things. And he does it when we function in our commissioning, how we've been sent out, how we've been told to act and to walk. And when we walk and act in those promises, there's just no no telling when you're going to turn a corner and God's right there powerfully moving. And he's always there. You just don't sense him with that great power. You just couldn't. Our emotions become overwhelmed if we were. We're going to need those perfect bodies, and we're going to need that perfect understanding to be in front of God and see him perfectly because our emotions would run amok, as it were to be said in the south of Alabama. They were to run amok if we didn't have that complete understanding, if we didn't have that heart and mind that could understand, could take in, and could hold the gravity and the greatness of God. We're Until we get there, we can't. And so God can't just show up all the time in every situation because we would we it would just overwhelm us. Our emotions would just not be able to handle it. And he does. He just shows up. But he shows up in his commission. And that's what he's saying to Moses. He's saying, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I'm telling you to what to, what to say. I'm telling you to go tell them this. The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. Go and tell them this. And he says, this is my name forever. And this is my memorial to all generations. What he's saying is, this is something I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be called a lot. This is how I'm going to describe myself. And by the way, this is how Jesus describes himself. He says, before Abraham was, I am. When he when they came to arrest him in the Garden of Gethsemane, they said, are you Jesus? And he said, I am. And they were knocked to the ground when the chief priest asked him, are you the Christ? Are you the son of the living God? And he said, when you see me again, you will see me sitting at the right hand of the Father. He said, I am. I am God. And he is. And so when he told him to tell them that he was I am, he is the great I am, and he's been there forever and ever. And he, he since time began, because he's the author of time, he's been there, and he's going to be there at the very end. He's going to be at the there at the end of this universe and this time and space, and then he's going to make a new heavens and a new earth. And uh, wow, there's no telling what's liable to be with that. That's liable to be real cool. All of you science buffs out there, that's uh, that's going to be some good stuff. He says, this is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appeared to me saying, I have surely visited you, and I have seen what is done to you in Egypt. What he's saying is, go tell them that God told you to come to them, and go tell them that I am sent you and go tell them, go tell them that I have seen what the Egyptians have been doing. Go tell them that it's not unknown to me, that I know what's going on. Go tell them that I understand what's happening. And for everyone, but especially people who don't know God very well, it is a great revelation to them. Sometimes it's an overwhelming revelation to them, but it's a great revelation to them 
to hear that God not only knows what's going on, they have a sense of that. We, we've given them things in place of God to make them think that. He knows when you are sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows when you've been bad or good, for, so be good for goodness sake. We have that understanding in our society of omnipotence to know everything. We know that, okay? But to ascribe that to God can be very fearful for a person who hasn't come to life-saving faith in Jesus Christ. It can be very fearful. But knowing that is also, you need to understand that it's very powerful for them to not only understand that God knows all their faults and all their failures, but he also knows their afflictions and their struggles and their troubles. He is very familiar with those things. And when he said, I have surely visited you and seen what is done to you in Egypt, what he's saying is, I've been down there. I've been in the midst of it. I believe that the angelic host had been walking in Egypt and and seeing what is going on. Maybe even Jesus himself in the pre-incarnate form went down there at some point in time and walked the streets of Egypt and walked the fields and, and saw the children of Israel and their afflictions. Let me tell you something. God is intimately knowledgeable about your troubles and your sorrows. He sure, he's intimately knowledgeable about your failures and your and your sin, he is. But he's also intimately knowledgeable about the struggles that you have. And that's what that word affliction means, that I, he knows how sin has its results in our lives. He knows the consequences of it. He knows the symptoms that it causes and the struggle that it makes. And he says, I know them. You tell them, I, I have surely visited you and seen what is done to you in Egypt. And remember, Egypt's picture of the world, so that then when we extrapolate this properly to the New Testament, we understand that God says that to us. And let me tell you something. It is a powerful moment in a person's life when they realize not just that God is omnipotent and he knows when they've been bad or good, but it's powerful when we realize that God understands our afflictions and our pain, that he understands the struggle. And let me tell you, just like when Kathleen was dealing with that last night, it's a powerful thing when you understand and see someone else's afflictions and troubles. Because what what that vision is, that that understanding, when God opens your eyes and lets you see other people's struggles and other people's difficulties, that is God sending you to be his hand and his feet, his power and his grace in that situation. He's sending you to do it. And don't miss out on it. If you, if your eyes are open to it, then God is preparing you to be the agent of change, the agent of life, the bearer of his hope in that situation. And so if he has opened your eyes to it, then he is sending you to it. And you are going to be able to change the world you live in and maybe change the world of that person you're dealing with. I pray that's the case. I have an expectation for that to be the case. I know that God uses his people. And the very fact that you would get up early in the morning and listen to this Bible story study, or maybe years from now, find it somewhere in some crevice of the internet where the big tech companies have tried to relegate it to. If you've searched it out and searched out God and wanted to hear from him, from just a good old country boy from Alabama, teaching the word of God, 
then I know that you're seeking out God's will and God's way. And if that's the case, then he's about to use you. And you're going to start running into him around every corner, moving in powerful ways. And so keep going. You've been commissioned. Keep going. Become. See. Be a part of. Enjoy the God who made you. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.